Well, hello there, dead and lovely listeners, and welcome to the brand newest installment of the greatest horror movie podcast and all the known multiverse. Why, it's once again dead and lovely here with your best buddies in all the world. It's me, Uncle Ben. And me, Hollywood Steve. And we're here to bring you guys a review ski, a final destination to shoot the shit and drink some co-beers. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm ready for a co-beer for sure. <laughs> Uh-oh, is it co-beer time already? Co-beer time. Uh, I've been busy. Been real busy this week. Just, yeah? Uh, just a working. Oh, yeah. You're the working man, like I've heard about yeah. in the country songs, huh? But yeah, I'm down in that coal mine. Uh, uh, when I'm done... Oh, wait. I also swing a hammer. Yeah, there's some of that. Uh, what are some other country song things? Oh, I ride a bull. Of course. I ride a bull to work to swing a hammer uh, into that coal. You're a real man's man. That's me. That's me. Uh, and then when I'm done, of course, I uh, I get real drunk. Yeah. And I cheat on my wife. Oh, man. Just classic moves. Yeah. Classic <laughs> move. Good stuff. <laughs> what have you been working on this week, man? I've been working on my new podcast. Uh, new episode is next Monday. There was a slight delay. Sorry. Uh, I will have it out next Monday, and it'll be up on iTunes. And it's a I, hit. I, I, I imagine it should be. If it's not a hit, uh, that must be the fault of the people listening, because this guy knows it's a hit. Well, because this is an audio format, what they can't tell is that currently you are Babe Ruthing it and pointing to the fences as yeah, you hit upload on your on your new show. Yeah, like a super that's where challenge. the podcast is going to go. It's going to go over there, upper deck. Into the stands. <laughs> Into the stands. <laughs> Better get ready to catch this podcast, kids. You're damn right. It's been a crazy week, man. Like, I think the thing that we should all be talking about, but no one seems to give a shit about because there's just bigger problems in the world. Uh, uh-huh. I guess the government released a tape of some UFOs. <laughs> yeah, they did. I actually, th- I actually thought about calling you after that because we had just decided to do Final Destination 2. I actually thought about calling you and being like, should we do an alien horror movie? <laughs> I mean, dude, we've all got to go and apologize to Tom DeLonge from uh, Blink-182 now and be like, sorry. We've sorry, got- <laughs> Tom. <laughs> we've got to leave him roses by, by the, the steers. <laughs> to let him know that we, we care. care. Yeah. <laughs> So this tape came out. Did you watch it? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. And the thing about it is that struck me is that it makes no difference to my sense of belief about UFOs and life outside of Earth. Nope. Yeah. Like I already believed in it and I also have already seen shit in real life that made me believe it. I've seen fucking shit in the skies, pre-drugs and alcohol, by the way. I believe it. And so it doesn't really change anything for me to see that. It's like, I guess yeah. it's kind of different that the government at least is like kind of admitting it. But at the same time, I, I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, also like after you've lied for so long about something, when suddenly you want people to not pay attention to the major pandemic going on and you're like, oh, they're aliens. <laughs> it's like, look over here. Okay. So one, I know the video you're showing me is the tip of the iceberg. Because oh, you yeah. wouldn't show us the major shit you've seen. Uh, and number two, you're just doing this so we won't pay attention to the very real threat that's going on and yeah. how terribly <laughs> you're handling it. You believe uh, in some aliens and stuff, though, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, there's no way this universe only has one intelligent species in it. Uh, I don't... And, e- and even the intelligence is pretty debatable, yeah, let's be honest. Exactly. I, uh, I don't know that any of those UFOs were 
inter or extraterrestrial. Like I assume they're probably just spy planes that okay, they already yeah. knew existed, and they're showing us like, hey, look, they're these crazy spy planes. We don't know what they are. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if I uh, can you imagine if you were an extraterrestrial and you could move at the speed of light and you came down here and you saw what was going on. Like, I feel like <laughs> I, I just feel like. People have said before, like, if aliens came, like, I, I think it was uh, um, Stephen Hawking said that we should be more worried about aliens coming because it's unlikely that they'll come in peace. Um, I, I think maybe they got here and saw, like, how clusterfuck everything was, and they were just like, oh, we'll just wait then. Just kind of well, unimpressed, huh? Yeah, we'll just wait until they kill each other and then got a free planet. <laughs> Dude, there's so many times in my own life where I find myself doing something like particularly really stupid. Yeah. Um, like, like, let's say maybe it's like, you know, when you uh, run out of toilet paper in the downstairs bathroom and you have to waddle up to the top one to get an extra roll or whatever. I find myself in those situations going, I really hope that the aliens aren't watching me right now trying to decide if Earth is like fit for keeping or <laughs> if it's ready for destruction. You know, <laughs> is, is it all worth it? I don't know. Let's watch. Let's look at Ben. See what's up. Oh, man, is he doing that? All right, fuck it. We're out. <laughs> He's learning how to floss in his own apartment watching YouTube videos. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is not going well. <laughs> Push the red button and get Earth out of the fucking way. That, by the way, that is already the beginning of a great comedy. You on YouTube learning how to floss. <laughs> That's the beginning of an awesome movie right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever like seen some alien shit in real life? I no, I haven't. I've um, I've seen things in the sky that I I didn't understand at the time, but that was as a teenager and I didn't know much. As an adult, it was like, oh okay, that was this or that or this. I uh, I would believe it absolutely, one hundred percent. If I saw a UFO, I'd be like, that is an unidentified flying object. But in most cases, it was usually a planet or uh airplane that i was like you know sometimes you can stare at stuff in the sky and it's moving in the sky but because you're not getting a frame of reference to it mm -hmm. like it looks like it's moving in a way that it shouldn't especially right. if it's moving behind clouds but you can't see the clouds so mm -hmm. like that that was an experience i had as a teenager where i thought i was seeing a ufo but it really was just a plane behind clouds gotcha yeah. I, i've seen like silvery objects moving extremely erratically at yeah, see that, very ferociously high speeds in the sky before. Yeah, that that's definitely a harder thing to explain. I've never seen anything like that. And there was one time when I was a kid, my mom and my brother and I were in the car and we all three remember it. Even my mom who is like, I'm sure probably doesn't believe in aliens yeah. or anything. But we were at, driving down a Lakeshore Road there by Carol's Grocery. Oh, Carol's. <laughs> And it was us in like a line of cars. We were stopped at that uh, stop sign down there. And there was this giant blue ball of light that flew towards all the cars, hovered above them for a second, and then left. That's crazy. I have no fucking idea what it was. And I know he's like, oh, swamp gas or whatever. That's possible. It moved intelligently, though. Like, right. it didn't just drift like swamp gas does. Like, uh -huh. this was deliberately checking the cars out and then deliberately hovering and then it left hmm. all of us remember it it's really fucking weird but it's yeah. like yeah like i said it's like i've seen some shit that i can't des describe yeah. and i also think it's stupid just to think that yeah given an infinite universe 
there's one spot on it that has life. Come on, that's stupid. <laughs> right. I think X-Files was something that uh, tempered my belief in aliens. Uh -huh. Like, it, it helped it, uh, because, like, X-Files was, it, it really was that Mulder, Mulder cut through the bullshit. Like, he would easily dismiss a UFO. Very easily. He'd just be like, no, that's just this, or that's just that. Because he believed that there really were UFOs. And I kind of adopted that to myself, where it was just like, I do believe that it's potential potentially true that aliens could come from another planet uh i don't believe that most of what people see is ufo but Fair it's enough. possible yeah it's possible i do believe it's possible i believe most of the time people are either one just lying or two they saw something they couldn't explain but it is explainable uh, maybe your stance is i want to want to believe i want to want to <laughs> believe <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, Steve. While I've not been watching the skies for aliens this week, I've been checking out a couple of flicks oh, yeah? that I really, really enjoyed. What you watched? Okay, so let's start off with a horror one first, since we're a horror movie show. Uh, watched Zombieland 2 the other night. Oh, right. Double tap. I thought it was fun, man. It was totally a good time. Did you see it? Yeah, I, saw, I think I talked about it maybe like a month ago. I enjoyed it. I thought okay. it was fun. I didn't talk too much about it because you hadn't seen it, but... Uh, very enjoyable. Like, uh, it has maybe less of the less charm than the first one because mm -hmm. it's not new. It's a yeah, continuation exactly. it's the of Shrek the story. Two syndrome. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's uh, it's still fun. And I was surprised after ten years that they were able to just sort of get back into the groove of it. That that was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot too, and I like the new characters and stuff, dude. That that oh, yeah. one girl that plays like the total dits. Uh huh. The Madison. way, uh -huh. dude. The way that she enunciates all of her words and just her speech patterns and stuff are so fucking perfect. I've yes, met like a hundred yeah. of that person. <laughs> I I was surprised because in the previews, I thought maybe Thomas Middleditch would be in longer because I love Thomas Middleditch, but he was great. Him and Jesse Eisenberg basically uh, making fun of each other <laughs> was awesome. You, dude, they were amazing. They were like yeah. clones of each other. Yeah. It was so good, man. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. You know, it's like you said, it's hard to live up to the original when the original was such a fresh, fun kind of premise yeah. and stuff. So you have the, the shock value, I guess the the newness is gone, but it was still just a lot of fun. Like if you watch the first one and you're like, I want more of this that doesn't really Here you go. add yeah. or subtract much from it. There you yeah. go. Yeah, it's more. <laughs> yeah, I like that it did. I, that's, that's exactly what it... Uh, like so many sequels will do is take away from the first one. They'll they'll like uh, undercut it somehow. Like you, you know you, how we said this in the first one. Well, that's not true. Uh, like this one, instead of doing that, it just added in like some more levels, but like really just gave you a second story in this world. Like it's just like oh, remember these characters? Hey, right, but enough about Final Destination too. We're we're talking about Zombieland too. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly true, by the way. <laughs> yeah. That's a perfect sort of parallel. Is that It's just the same world, and here's some more of it. Yeah. Yeah. We also watched another another sequel. We watched Spider-Man Far From Home yesterday. Oh, yeah. I fucking we're, loved it. Yeah, I guess Dude, I, I was mean, like, why hadn't I watched this before? Right. I guess we're still in spoiler territory, but like, I was, I was very surprised by uh, the villain. Like, I, yeah. you know, just because they revealed that it was Mysterio in the, the previews, I was surprised by how the way they went with it. Me too. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And also, too, man, like, I think that it's really bold that they went the direction that they did. Yeah, um, I agree. With the, well, let's, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this without sounding like a fucking foil hat conspiracy nut. 
Right. But with the fact that we do have things like large scale holograms in real life, I mean, right. you've seen these things where they can put like a, a blue whale in a gymnasium and yeah. shit, right? With holograms. Absolutely. Terrifying. Yeah. And stage fake things that didn't actually happen and turn them into tragic events that makes people into heroes. Yeah. Like just the, the amount of like fake newsery that's going on there and also just the amount of buckle up people, this is going to happen in the future. I'm surprised they put that into a fucking Spider-Man movie. Yeah, but I mean, that that was always the thing about comics that I loved. It's always weird to hear people say that they don't want their comic book movies to get political. But the thing I always loved about pol- uh, comics is that it was always this sort of like, uh, always looking slightly into the future for politics. Like what, totally. what, you know, where, like, where would these people with these advanced abilities and technologies, like what would their worries have to be? And then it turns out those worries are very similar to future worries we have as humans. So like, oh yeah, well yeah. it's nothing new for the world of sci-fi to explore the the horrors of future tech and like, yeah. how could this go badly? <laughs> a, a million ways. Yeah, I really really enjoyed it, man. I thought it was great, and and again, that is the best Peter Parker and Spider-Man that we've ever oh, yeah. had by miles. Absolutely, mm-hmm. love that Tom Holland. Also, uh, also enjoyed Late Night. Have you seen this Late Night movie? No, I have not. So we put it on the other night, just kind of thinking it would be like, whatever, easy to ignore background noise kind of movie, or it's like, whatever. It's it's about Mindy Kaling, who becomes a writer for Emma, what's her name? Emma Thompson? Emma Thompson. Yeah, who's a kind of like, she's fixing to go off the air late night host, kind of Leno Letterman-ish. And uh, they decide to spice up her writing and make it more relevant by hi- hiring a female writer. Okay. Dude, it was really good. Like, that premise sounds so not very good. Is it written by Mindy Kaling? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. She's great. She yeah, really is. Totally She's fantastic. Awesome. Uh-huh. But like yeah. I said, based on the premise and the previews, I was like, this looks like it'll be whatever. Ended right. up totally in the zone and just, you know, focusing on the movie the whole time. It was actually really good. Wow. I'll have to check that out. I, I, lo- I like it, Mindy Kaling and Emma Thompson, so definitely worth a while. And stuff. I like late night shows. As do I. Well, there we go. There you go, man. What have you been watching this week? Anything good? Uh, Really not much of anything except for documentaries about silent horror films. Oh, man. Is that yeah. a gripping world unto itself? It really fucking is, dude. I can't... No shit. Like, yeah, like, I, I can't even begin to describe how hard it was to narrow talking hor- silent horror films down to just, you know, a, a short conversation because, honestly... It's, I'm covering, like, in the, the first episode, I cover, like, a 40-year period in my new podcast. Uh, and basically what I had to ignore was the invention of cinema. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I had to just avoid talking about it uh, in a lot of ways because, like, it it's not about horror. And I wanted my first episode to be very horror-centric. But, like, the most interesting things about silence... Uh, silent film has to do with like the inventors that really made uh motion pictures possible and they were doing it not because they were artists but because they were inventors and scientists oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. the edisons of the world yeah i kind of uh, like my my episode starts with george millet who is um he he was also one of those sort of inventor types he was also an illusionist and he was he basically accidentally discovered editing 
<laughs> like he was shooting with the, his camera. It, he was shooting these pa- like people passing by on the street, and as he was shooting the the like little rotator thing that they had to use to make the film go. It, oh yeah, like, yeah, it got stuck, and so like he like you know was working on it, and finally got it unstuck, and then just kept you know shooting. And then when and he the went people back and, disappeared. Yeah, when he went back and watched it, like uh, there was like an omnibus, which was like a bus, but drawn by uh, a horse. It was an, an omniscient bus. Right. It was a bus that knew everything. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> it was the bus above all buses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so there was an omnibus going by with workers going to work. And when it cut back into like after he got the little rotator thing fixed, it was a hearse. And it was just like this click, this moment where it like clicked in his head, like, oh my God, you don't have to show the frames in order. And that's, I know that's like the thing that like blows my mind about silent film is that it ever came into existence because the early, the early like evolutions were almost all accidents. Like it was almost all like, oops. And then uh, the Russians made it a science. Like, th- I don't talk about this in the episode. I don't. I don't think I don't remember talking about it. But um, the Russians, and uh, whenever they took down the Tsar in 1917, they they wanted to establish like a film industry in Russia. But they, the new like revolutionary government, had like stopped all imports, and so they didn't have film. But they oh. had all these like reels of old film that they went through and watched and dissected like exactly how all these movies were put together and edited. And like they went through and like tried to figure out the exact perfect amount of time to show particular frames and stuff. So they were doing this like movie science for years without being able to actually shoot film. Word, dude. Yeah. And that's crazy. That's where we eventually get Sergei Eisenstein and, and like all the other great things that came out of 1920s, 30s Russia, uh, as far as film. <laughs> there, there weren't a ton of great things that came out of 1920s and 30s Russia, but <laughs> film was pretty good. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's really yeah. cool to know. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, when I was like researching it, I was like, oh, this is a season in itself for sure. Like I, I could talk about this forever. But there are some good, uh, if, if you are looking for something about silent films, if, if you're in the market, there is this thing on uh, YouTube. It's a YouTube channel called Crash Course. And okay, yeah, I've seen some Crash Course stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. So they, they have uh, a Crash Course in film history, and like the first 10 episodes of it are all like the history of how film came to be and then the history of silent film it's all super interesting highly cool man yeah Yeah, it sounds pretty dope man well you've been watching any films with sound this week (laughs) yeah i uh on friday night we watched maniac and heathers Woo! oh my god that is a lethal combination on the dead and lovely streaming chat man that would have been a good one for me to tune into i think i was watching final destination 2 at the time but that makes sense uh man yeah, it's it was a good. Uh, Joe Bob had Tom Savini on. They had nice. a cool little interview. Yeah, it was it was a it was a cool night, and a whole That's bunch cool. of people showed up. So fun time for the chat. And I'm sure that Maniac was, as always, just a barrel of laughs. 
Oh man, I couldn't stop. I was on the floor rolling around. Ha ha ha. He nailed that scalp to that mannequin. I said. <laughs> Could you imagine though, like what it would be like if you maybe like got together with a friend and you're like, oh, I want to show you this really disturbing movie. It's called Maniac. And like you start the movie and they're just immediately cracking up laughing. Like yeah, the whole movie. Like, oh, like, they're man. like peeing their pants. They're like, pause it. I'm going to fucking piss myself. This reminds me of my uncle. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like, who hasn't been here, right? It's like they filmed <laughs> me inside my apartment. This is crazy. We've all like, got It's time for you to leave now. We've all gotten a hooker and strangled her, right? <laughs> you remember the first time you did that? Yeah, we yeah. all do. <laughs> God, that is a fucking crazy ass movie man yeah one of the most disturbing i think that we've ever covered on the show oh for sure and also too long surprisingly I yeah i too agree long. a movie a movie that's that grueling and grimy does not need to overstay its welcome yeah you don't <laughs> you don't need all the moments of him just like basically talking to his mom like or at least you don't need you don't need all of them maybe one of them is enough but there are just so many moments of him like uh, you know, I guess that's what he, he's either talking to himself or talking to his mom. And I think he's supposed to be talking to his mom. Yeah. Not positive on that. I think the movie could have used a little bit more fashion show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the modeling scene was, it, it's pretty great. Yeah. Adds a lot to the movie for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when he's just sitting there with that dead eyed stare dressed up the way he's dressed up. Like, Oh dude, God. holy fuck. That is a, that is a crazy weird movie that I think not enough people uh, have yeah. seen. I, uh, same could be said for Heather's, man. That's also a oh, yeah, for weird sure. ass movie, man. Love Heather's. We'll have to do that sometime because it is, uh, it's it's real fucked up. <laughs> it's a real yeah. strange movie. Yeah, I don't think that's one that you could probably make now and get away with, I don't think. I think you'd end up with a lot of people really mad about you know making a movie where high schoolers want to blow up the school and kill their classmates i don't really think you can do that now yeah i mean there there definitely was some debate about like what inspired the trench coat mafia and heathers and basketball diaries were both mentioned in that conversation yeah. i remember uh it's bullshit obviously of course but, yeah well uh, it was yeah. Marilyn manson as we all know that motherfucker. I don't know <laughs> much, but do I it. know Marilyn Manson called those kids in Columbine, and he was uh -huh. like, yeah, I'm the god of fuck. Uh, could you go shoot up your school or something? Mm -hmm. And he also confirmed that he did have that rib removed so he could suck his own Yeah, dick. And he also confirmed that he was the kid from Wonder Years. Yeah, exactly. It was one fateful phone <laughs> conversation caused the whole thing. <laughs> Everybody knows it. <laughs> Steve, I just think my whistle needs a little dampening. I can yeah, I can too. hear myself in the monitors here. I can hear how dry my whistle is. It's, like, it's just so dusty. I got nothing, man. Just white noise comes out. What do you recommend we do about that? Why don't we have us one of these uh, beers here? And this is not a, a beer beer. <laughs> yeah, this is not beer. a beer beer. This is a cider beer. Beer con. Uh-huh. <laughs> This is a Rheingeist Cider Geist Swizzle Hard Cider. With lemongrass and oh, yeah. ginger. Lemongrass and ginger. Now, this is from Rheingeist, which is in Ohio. These are a couple that I picked up myself over at the old Merchants of Beer with their little to-go beer scenario that they've got. Well, shout out to Uncle Ben. There you go, man. Shout out to <laughs> me. It's a party Woo. of me. 
And dude, Rheingeist is a is a brewery that started putting stuff down here in Knoxville last year. And I'll tell you this: if I could sum up the whole thing in two words, Rheingeist fucks. <laughs> That's a fact. Right. Everything that this company makes, yeah, I have absolutely loved. They have an IPA called Truth that actually you really need to try. Have you ever had the Truth? No, I haven't. Oh man, it's so it'll set you free. I'll tell you that. Okay, they've and got that, like an experimental IPA. That's available IPA here that's in great. the Knoxville area. Yes, it is. Okay, I'll look for it. And their stouts and stuff are also great too. They have one that's called like um, I think it's like Black Ink Stout or something like that. Ooh. Really, really good. Now we don't do a lot of ciders here on the show. No, because they're usually just a little bit too, a little bit too sweet and sugary, and we're sweet enough as it is. That's true. But my this wife one, had though, one of these the other night, and I was like, okay, I could actually drink this cider. This one, though, it says it only has 13 grams of carbs, which is about uh, a third of the amount of carbs you get in, in uh, what do you call it, uh, what's that famous like cider? A, like an ang- Angry Orchard or something like Angry that. Angry Orchard. Yeah. There you go. That's it. Yeah. So it uh, shouldn't be overly sweet. It's definitely a bit drier. I just had a little yeah. sip myself here, yeah, and I'll tell you what, the, the ginger on the aftertaste, you can really get out of it, too, and complements the crispness of the apple very nicely Ooh. Uh, the lemongrass too you really get on the aftertaste more than you know right up front but pretty fucking it's real, good right yeah it's real light like um it's it's yeah it's not too sugary it's 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 despite the fact it's not like overly bubbly it's very effervescent yeah like, definitely really refreshing did you find it as refreshing as your new obsession which is also my new obsession which is that Hoplark hop tea that I hooked you up with. Oh my God, dude, that is so good. We talked about this uh, a couple of episodes ago and I hadn't tried it, but now that I have tried it, you got to get out there and get you some of that hop tea, especially if you're a tea fan or uh, a hop fan. Oh yeah, because it is just a hoppy, bubbly, (laughs) funky tea, man. It's so good. And and get this, so I was ordering it online because they're out of Colorado uh-huh. Uh, which is fine and stuff, but I just found over at the Three Rivers Food Market co-op thing downtown, Uh huh. they carry them there, and they carry them at a lot of Whole Foods and stuff, too. Okay. Awesome. So yesterday, I got the other ones that I hadn't tried. I tried the really hoppy one, but I also got the chamomile one and the green tea one. Okay. I had the chamomile one yesterday. I usually don't like chamomile tea. How'd you feel about it? This was really good, actually. All it right. was awesome. Yeah, the hoppiness and stuff really kind of went well with the earthy floral taste of the chamomile, mm-hmm. and uh, it doesn't have caffeine, so I can have it after 7 p.m. Oh, well, that's sweet. Oh, yeah. you got that You got that old man thing where you can't have caffeine after a certain period. Fuck no, dude. While we were there <laughs> getting some groceries uh, the other day, I also got a thing, a cold brew by some company, because... Uh, I wanted to try, you know, just some different cold brews and right, stuff out. Yeah. I, I hate the Starbucks one. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting. It's gross. Yeah. I also don't really like the Stumptown one for some reason. I'm not a fan either. There, uh, there are a lot of really bad cold brews yeah. that I am pretty positive are just cold coffee. Yeah, like They're exactly. not actually cold brew because they're no. too bitter. Like, cold brew does not taste that bitter. Right. The one that I got, I wish I could remember the brand name. I'll have to, like, take a picture of it and send it to you. Holy shit, I had like half of it this morning. It was just in a little carton, maybe like eight or ten ounce carton, right? Uh-huh. But I looked on the label after I bought it, and it was like contains 300 milligrams caffeine. Jesus. Dude, I had half of it this morning, and I was bouncing off the fucking walls. My eyes are still just like dinner plates right now. 
Holy shit. <laughs> I get really affected by caffeine, so yeah. I do kind of got to watch my intake after yeah, after oh, about dude. 7 p.m., no caffeine. I drink so much caffeine. I drink uh, four cups of coffee a day for sure because Woof. I put I put uh, eight to 12 ounces of coffee in each of my protein sh- shakes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't generally just have coffee by itself, though. So uh, usually it's only with a bunch of protein. And I guess maybe that maybe melts it out. Not positive. Maybe that's know, why maybe. I'm not like so all the time. But I yeah. am pretty. I, I am still capable of having a late night caffeine and it not really keeping me up. I'm glad of that because I I do love to have me a late night uh, tea or something. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just some. Just uh, you know when you're you're hitting that. 2.30 feeling, Ben? Maybe you had one of those? <laughs> oh, yeah, The old five-hour energy commercial? Of course, yep. <laughs> when you're getting that 2.30 feeling at about 2.30 in the morning and you want to keep working, you got to get a little caffeine in you. That's what you got to do, man. Well, that's the thing for me, too, dude, is like I, I could go on at length about the forbidden pleasure of night coffee. Like, Kate nah. is also completely unaffected by caffeine, yeah. so, mm-hmm. you know, we might be out walking the dog at like 8 p.m. and she'll get a cappuccino or something like that. And nothing pleases me more than drinking coffee after dark. It's like it just makes it yeah. taste sweeter and better, but I can seriously yeah. just have a few sips um, or else. Actually, you know what? I'll tell you what my strategy is. A lot of people late night, they like to have themselves a drink just to take the edge off, right? Right. I like to have myself a cup of coffee just to put the edge back on. Yeah. <laughs> Day's been too easy. Fucking yeah. get that edge back. <laughs> Time to you know, sleep like shit and be angry tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I like to do? Just smoke some fucking meth. That'll do yeah. it. Yeah, I'll grab <laughs> I you by you, the horns. <laughs> I could see that edge razor sharp back on there. <laughs> well, Steve, the subject of our show today is Final Destination Part Two, Destination Boogaloo from 2003, <laughs> which of course is about a bunch of people narrowly and sometimes not successfully escaping the icy claws of death. That's right. You can't get away from death. That's true. And they're, they're oftentimes in some situations that are kind of realistic that you could find yourself in. There's one particular thing in here that just scares the ever-loving bejesus out of you, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. That, that, uh, that big car accident, it, it is one of the most frightening things I've ever seen in a horror movie. <laughs> Right, because it's just like, well, this could happen every time I get yep. behind the wheel of a car, you exactly. know, because there's yeah. all kinds of irresponsible drivers. You got bikers that are flashing you titties and then flipping you the bird. You got truckers that, that are so drinking much. a beer <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. Fucking <laughs> drunk truckers, bikers slashing their titties just every other day. <laughs> and it kind of got us thinking about other real life situations that we've seen in horror movies that just are chilling. And really, I'm scary. So Ooh. I say before we get into the movie review, how about we just uh, how about we just take a little detour here into the preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace. <laughs> Sounds scared. I'm scared. <laughs> Scares. <laughs> and let's take a minute here and talk about some horror movies with situations that you could counter in real life that really do just ooh, just give us the shivers. Ooh, yeah. I'm scared. And there are. Uh, there may be like a million horror movies with killers in them, right? Sure, sure. And a lot of times they're a supernatural over-the-top being, like a Freddy Krueger right. or something like that. But sometimes there are more subtle 
deadly and realistic killer in a situation that could definitely happen to anybody, like let's say in The Strangers. Yeah, The Strangers or Funny Games, they're similar premises of home invasion and Mm. murder by people you don't know. And this happens. (laughs) All the time oh yeah. my gosh dude it's yeah, less that's the thing likely that makes so effective it's less likely you'll get killed by a stranger than somebody you know but uh it happens and it happens too regularly to completely be immune when you watch a movie like this from totally from feeling that fear do you think that they should make a sequel to the strangers called the people you know <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I yeah. do. And at the and, and it's just like we have no connection to the strangers the whole time. It's just these people at a dinner party, and then everybody gets killed, and then there are three people left, and then they put on masks, and it's like, oh, it's them. It's the people, people. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Why are they putting on masks? So they don't have to hide their identities from each other. Now don't we know. don't know them. Who are they? <laughs> They're strangers. It's a prequel. Uh, what do you think about a funny games? Is that one you ever want to do on the yeah. show? Funny games is definitely one to do on the show, both the original and the, the remake, though, honestly, they're exactly the same. Totally. Uh, I think I think if we do it, we'll just do both. <laughs> like, yeah, maybe one of us watches one, the other one watches the other. Yeah, I, but they're, they're both great. Uh, I really enjoy the way that that plays out because it plays out so much more awkwardly like the way exact way I would think a real home invasion probably does play out. Uh, yeah. I assume it's awkward and the awkwardness in funny games is just so realistic that it, it again puts you in that mindset of, so what would happen if two people just walked into my house? <laughs> like yeah. what, what would it be? And that's it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a good one, man. We need to do all of those on the show sometimes, yeah. especially the strangers that, that movie, I think I've only seen once cause it like, scared the shit out of my wife so bad it's very <laughs> we never really watch it you know yeah it's yeah very it actually is very terrifying man yeah. and of course there's all kinds of other ones with you know like hardcore killers and stuff in situations you could easily end yeah. up in we just did Sons of the lambs recently and we were commenting sure. on how there's, yeah. there's really nothing in that movie that's implausible no yeah buffalo bill like all, all of those killers are pretty plausible characters and and the yeah, it, it's it's not impossible. It's unlikely you'd have time to cut off somebody's face and wear it as your own, but you know, we, we'll let that stretch. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, if you practice enough, maybe you could get it down. That's true. He's pro- he's had a lot of practice. We do know that. Uh, <laughs> I, I think yeah, like movie movies like Silence of the Lambs or say Psycho, which yeah. is based off a true story and plays out very much uh, in a way that you could see it play out. Uh, I I think that that's one of the things about these types of movies that we're talking about where it's about murder that that automatically connects to people because they've read stories about murder. Like They've uh-huh, read that yeah. this happened to somebody and then they see it kind of playing out in a very realistic fashion and it's very... It, it, it really can dig into your subconscious and, and stick with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the same reason why like seven is so scary and effective yeah. is because you, you watch it and you go, I think Kevin Spacey could kill a lot of people. Yeah, I do think that actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially after he talked about like, do you remember like it was a little bit after he, uh, you know, was accused of molesting a, a young boy uh, that first he came out and said he was gay. Like that was going to fix it. Like <laughs> Good deflection, gonna- dude. 
Right. Yeah. Like, okay, you're gay, but uh, this kid's 14. So that's the problem. And then he like <laughs> made that video or whatever, where he was, he was doing his like president character from house of cards, which is sinister. Uh, and he was like talking about how he was going to get revenge or something. <laughs> Did you what see the this? Fuck no. <laughs> it was the most serial killer thing I've ever seen. And it was just Kevin Spacey being Kevin Spacey. Holy shit, man. God, yeah. dude, I forgot though about the whole thing where he was like, oh, yeah, I molested a kid. I'm gay. I'm a child molester. Like all gay people are, right? It's like, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you how trying is that going to work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> Way to <laughs> throw the entire community under the bus, you moron. Yeah. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like 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 some gay man was sitting at home and was like, "Oh, okay, I get it now." Like, it's like it would be like a straight man. Well, actually, this is you know what he was just pulling the straight man's excuse whenever he's caught having sex with an underage girl. Yeah, it's true. Just like, oh, how how could I stop myself? I didn't know she was fourteen. <laughs> Vote for me. <laughs> Vote for me, and then people do. It and works. Then they do. Yeah, You know, one, too, that I thought about that kind of fits into this category, although maybe a little bit more outlandishly, dude, you remember in Dario Argento, the uh -huh. master of the pizza, you remember in uh -huh. his flick opera where that guy keeps forcing her to watch people getting murdered? Yes. That's fucked up. That is fucked up. I don't know that that's ever... Ha well, that de it definitely has happened because murderers have taken a long uh women and men and made them participate in their crimes yeah the, so, yeah. the shoemaker the shoemaker killer and his uh and his kid i think would oftentimes round up people right. and make them watch oh yeah we were getting killed and stuff yeah uh we even talked about a guy in texas when during the texas chainsaw massacre episode that basically yeah. had recruited a young boy to be a part of his killings and stuff and yeah like that is a that is a common thing where people get kind of wrapped up in it. I mean, honestly, like I've thought about it so many times where like I know your average individual would say like, well, if, if I was with a person and they killed somebody, I'd call the police. And it's like, well, you're with a person who just killed people. You're going to yeah. pick up your phone and call the police in front of them. What no, do you you're mean? gonna be fucking scared shitless. You're gonna be to scared shitless. Weird, wild stuff, man. But whenever Weird, we see that stuff portrayed stuff. in movies, it. It is extra chilling because it can happen and, and has happened. Yeah. Uh, much like a lot of the movies that we have in horror that deal with the eternal struggle of man versus nature. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we just talked about Crawl recently, which was about man versus two th types of nature. Yeah. Uh, but really, the hurricane didn't get involved. <laughs> but <laughs> as I said, that alligator's unlikely to, to strike. It's also true that sharks are unlikely to strike but jaws still nails the fear that we have of sharks yeah like, yeah the fear of the of the unknown death yeah and there are sharks that have killed humans and in fact that's based off of a true story of a shark killing humans in new jersey so it is all plausible and the way spielberg shows it is what makes it feel so real Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely like, so, man. So much just, like, not seeing. So much just the fin. So much just the musical cue. So you know it's there, but you're not sure where. Like, it it really plays on the, the real fear we have of sharks, which is they're gigantic killing machines that we can't see, and we're in their element. We're in their element. That's the yeah. thing that makes it so scary to me, man. And that's, yeah. that, that's one of those things that always has freaked me out, is the idea of being 
stranded in the ocean or being in that other creature's habitat where I am absolutely powerless, just as powerless as a shark would be if you threw him up on land. That's about how effective I am when I get in a pool. (laughs) Yeah, you put a shark on land, I could beat its ass. Oh, yeah, no contest. (laughs) My turf first. First we fight on my turf. Round two will be in yours. Then we'll go to the water. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But I've never seen the movie Open Water, but it's one of those that I think I've put off because I'm like so mortified of that happening. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Open Water... uh, I recommend, I also would say that it, it will play on every single one of those fears because it like just the concept of being out in open water without any sharks involved is frightening. Oh yeah. Cause you're just going to get worn out from swimming and eventually yeah. drown. Like, you're going to drown. There's no land in sight. Even if there was land in sight, it's not positive. You're going to make it to it. Oh, yeah. And to me, too, the thing that would absolutely terrify me, other than just all of those factors, too, is like, you know, you find yourself in open water. You don't know where land is in any direction. And you just have to start swimming in a direction. Oh. The, op- the op- option paralysis that I would be yeah. in of just being like, do I go north, south, east, or west? Just yeah. guessing which is which. Where do I go? Yeah. Holy Jeez. shit. And I would, I would have a heart attack just trying to decide. Yeah, I... Th- uh, I would. Oh, God. No, yeah. I just don't want to be Pass. in that situation at all. Honestly, <laughs> like the sharks are the least of my worries in that moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely yeah. so, man. You just yeah, feel like, oh, a shark eats me? Cool. I don't have to keep doing this. <laughs> Great. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, we also have, you know, movies that are kind of on the fringe of horror movies like like Twister and stuff like that. The deal yeah, with natural disasters. disaster. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think they ever get looked at very much as horror movies they're almost always action movies but like it it's crazy to me that we don't think of natural disasters in regards to horror i mean crawl is one that uses a a hurricane but what are some there are no real instances of a purely horror movie that i can think of where a natural disaster is the enemy the sharknado sharknado okay very realistic yep natural disaster (laughs) as well Uh (laughs) uh-huh Right but there, I dude. mean, yeah, movies like Twister, for sure, like really try to capture what it's like to be in the midst of this event you can't possibly escape once it's on you. Yeah, yeah. And pairing that with an excellent soundtrack featuring Van Halen, the Goo Goo Dolls, <laughs> and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That really does add to it. <laughs> you must be ying. Yeah. So good. And, you know, I think one of the other situations that we see in horror flicks that freaks me out because it could happen in real life is anytime that there is a a non-turbo supernatural cult situation involved. Like, let's even take something like, um, what's that the movie that was based on, like, Jonestown? Yeah, The Sacrament and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, that's utterly terrifying. Or, you know, even though The House of the Devil kind of takes a, a supernatural twist of sorts, like... Even just the idea that you could accidentally be a, a sacrificial lamb for a satanic cult and not know right. it. Well, yeah, Holy but that, shit, freaks me out. I mean, a satanic cult that those don't really exist. Human sacrificing satanic cult, do they? I mean, do they? But I, do I, they? I don't think so. Other than some some rogue satanists like that guy who uh, killed the guy who stole drugs from him and made him say he loved Satan or whatever. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they 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 that's definitely happened. Human sacrifices have occurred. <laughs> well, you <laughs> but, could even take the heat off of just the Satanists and stuff and yeah. look at a movie like Kevin Smith's Red State. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I was thinking is like the the, uh, the religions that do end up actually killing people tend to be Christian. They've killed a lot of people through history. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, that's Jonestown <laughs> as well. I mean, that's, yeah, like they, yeah, let's not put it on the Satanists. They've done nothing wrong. <laughs> do as thou wilt and do no harm and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like, that's a, a huge fear because like, I mean, we've both been religious in the past. Yeah. And we know how that mindset works. And we also know how uninformed it is and how easily persuaded it is. Yeah. Well, the thing that makes it the scariest to me, I mean, is not really even the, the fear of human sacrifice or whatever. It's it's how scary indoctrination is to me. It's scary yeah. how yeah. malleable people's minds are and how people can be manipulated by one right. person to do things that they know are against their will, against their morality, whatever, and do it in their name. Like to me, that's the scariest thing about yeah, cults, which, like I said, is is that. Which is like uh, the the Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey movie. What was it that we did? Uh, where he frailty, he, yeah, frailty, yeah, like that. Where yeah, again, it's like it's this indoctrination and this like feeding into this. I mean, you know, that movie. It's a little ambiguous at the end as to whether or not it was yeah. like real or not, but. Like, again, yeah, that, that idea that, like, your parent could be leading you the wrong way, like, as a kid, and you just have no uh, power. Like, that, that is it, I think, right? Like, with, like, cults and all that stuff. The idea that you could be uh, removed from your power through some sort of brainwashing. Like, you yeah, no longer... Yeah, it's like longer... having no free will or something. Yeah. It's, it's real frightening. Very scary yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Yeah, there's always something about those movies that do confront those real-life situations that makes them hit home more than a than a haint or a booger. There's one doing thing, bad. There's one thing that I don't think I've ever seen in a horror movie that really needs to be played out, and that is an aneurysm. Ben, oh, Lord, man. Aneurysms are scary. Oh, my, my grandfather had one, and yep. it was completely out of nowhere and yep. i mean the man the man had to like teach himself how to retie shoes i mean yeah. it's like your your hard drive can be deleted yep with no warning <laughs> what just out of nowhere i know man so like i i guess like what wasn't uh the, the what's that movie the french movie where the guy goes into locked in syndrome fuck i don't oh, know shit anyway damn it if I could remember the name of that movie, I would say it, and everybody would be like, yeah, like that. Like that one. Instead, uh -huh. people are beating on their, their steering wheels going, sacre bleu. They are, and they're saying Mon the name du. of it and and saying, I hate you, Hollywood Steve, for doing this to me. Just so you don't go insane, the movie was The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Filthy American. <laughs> oh, they're French? Yeah, they're French. Yeah, that's why oh, they say okay. you know, uh, sacre bleu and... Um, Mondu uh -huh. and stuff like that. Mondu, yeah. <laughs> Renaissance. They just yeah. say every French word. But of course. <laughs> the, yeah, the French phrase, but of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys be sure to let us know what situations you've seen in horror flicks that could affect you in your everyday real life, really get to you and stuff. Let us know about which ones really hit you the hardest over there on the Facebook group over at Facebook.com slash Down and lovely. That's what I said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, the subject of our show today is none other than a little flick from 2003, what is known as 
Final Destination. Dude. Yeah, Final Destination 2. And I know that this wasn't the first time that you saw this because whenever we did our Final Destination 1 episode, you, just like some kind of fucking masochist, watched uh-huh. all of them. I did. I watched every single one of them. Uh, and I remember this one being, uh, at the very least, because of the wreck scene being one of the better ones. Yeah. And I will say for sure after this that I think this is the second best Final Destination movie. And that says a lot about the series. You think part three is still the best though, yeah? Part three is the best, yeah. I think it's okay. the simplest. It It's the simplest and it doesn't have as many of the negatives that this one does. But this one also is fun. Yeah, I agree with that, man. The The original one, if you've not listened to our Final Destination episode, I, I strongly recommend you do because I was okay with it and Steve absolutely oh, hated fucking hated, hated it, man. It. Like, I'm such a sucker for anything that puts me back into the late 90s and shows me how <laughs> stupid everything was, like how Just everything we thought was cool. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, everything we thought was cool was actually lame as shit and the music sucked and the fashion sucked and everybody's yeah. hair sucked. Like, I yeah. love going back to that range for some reason, especially when it's in the guise of a really just stupid, no thought at all involved <laughs> horror movie. So I'm always okay with those. So I was kind of excited to watch this one, honestly, because I was like, I hope it's more dumb shit. And I was not disappointed. It's more dumb shit. No, it's it's absolutely so much dumb shit. But it's put together in such a way that it doesn't annoy me like the first one does. The first one was full of terrible characters and the people in the second one are a little more likable, I think. I think so. Yeah. Or maybe at at least just like they're bigger characters. So you have a better idea of their personalities and intents. They're not just a bunch of like shitty high schoolers. Yeah. I think, I think in the first one, maybe Devin Sawa is like the only real charming part about it whereas in this one uh, there are more characters you can connect to there's still asshole characters just like in the first one that you don't mind dying in fact one of them dies first so it, it's not really as as uh hard to watch for me punishing yeah like, i'm hanging out with this dickhead for like two hours yeah and i i wish why hasn't he died yet like <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i i think that this one was able to, one, cut through a lot of the bullshit, but it also it also still has a ton of the bullshit. Like it, the <laughs> movie, like the movie is basically uh, every other character gets an opportunity to decide what's going on, and then everybody just goes, "Oh, okay," and then they like just go along with that until it proves to be false, and then somebody else goes, "What if it's this?" And then everybody's like, oh, okay, probably that then. And then they do that, and then it doesn't work. And then somebody else is like, oh, okay, I get it, though. It's probably this. And it's never... (laughs) Oui, oui, monsieur. It (laughs) is so much like how the humans are with their religions trying (laughs) to figure out where we are in this black hole of existence and where we are going. down and tell death who he is. How like life it is, mon ami. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I like what we have existential French characters and uh, oi blimey uh, English characters on the show, and then absurdist Italian character. <laughs> <laughs> and Zoe Deschanel, Zoe Deschanel, and me, Jeremy Stewart. Hey, <laughs> Jimmy don't Stewart's forget me. 
<laughs> he gets kind of racist and Irish too. I think, That's him. Uh-huh. Yeah, he tends to do that. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're right. It's just a bunch of people being like, "I bet it's this." I bet you're right. Nope. Yeah, bet and it's this. <laughs> I think. I mean, that the first one is a bunch of that too, really. But this one, I think maybe the point is being made a little bit clearer that it's like they'll never figure out what it is like death is unknowable like it it just is what it is and maybe they're getting at that point or maybe i'm just trying to make a point out of something because it's so pointless that i want it to have some point i think that Uh, should have been the slogan on the poster final destination two it is what it is (laughs) it is what it is yeah (laughs) but I think I think it's it's effective in a lot of ways, and I think the most effective is that that car crash scene. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. It was insane. it's really fucking great, man. What a great way to kick this movie off too. Where you know we're kind of introduced to a bunch of characters and stuff, and then this massive, crazy, like you know Rube Goldberg like chain yeah. of events mm-hmm. happens to set up this multi car fireball explosion. It really kind of set the stakes kind of high for me, and it was like, oh, cool! They're actually doing some really cool kills, and some the yeah. effects are pretty good in this. Okay, I'm I'm on board with this actually. Yeah, agreed. And of course, it was a no brainer to make a sequel to the first one, considering right. how successful it was. It was made yeah. for not a lot of money, and it made a lot of money. So with yeah. this one, they're like, let's put a little more money into it, and maybe it'll make a little more money. And it yeah. did. <laughs> and it did. Yeah, they put three million more into it, and they got they got money back. It worked out for them. This series, uh, this series, I think, is an anomaly because it it's not as it's not good like Scream. Uh, it goes back to the '80s, like obsession with if this succeeded, we make as many sequels as we can, and then we get out. And yeah, it kind yeah, and because of that, it sets up Saw and sets up like the reinvigoration of like sequels which kind of had gone downhill in the 90s until Scream had come back and then this came back and it was like, no, 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 you don't even have to be good. You just have to make money. Make a little bit of money, make sequels. And the crazy thing is, too, is it also showed, unlike Scream or whatever, it's like you don't even need a new horror icon with a distinctive look like Ghostface Killer or whatever. It's like just there's not even a visible villain in this. It's, no, it's just the kills. Just death. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, they they did come up with, they kind of stripped down horror movies to the simplest way to film it. <laughs> like, they were like, if we yeah. don't have to worry about the Jason, Freddy type of character actor, if we can just keep bringing in cheap actors and killing them with cool deaths... Like, this movie is shot by a guy who uh, really hadn't done anything except for second unit and stunt coordinating before. And he did a great job, I think. I mean, I think as far as the movie looks, competent. Like, there, yeah, there are no real so. problems at all. So No, there's no problems thing- like some of these other movies have done where we've been like, I can't even tell what the fuck is going on right here. Right, exactly. You know? Yeah, it's it's shot just very competently by the guy who made Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. <laughs> I can really see that in this movie. You can see a yeah. lot of tie over between the two films. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> D- David Ellis, a former stuntman, actor, stunt coordinator, and o- often second unit director. Second unit oftentimes does the big like stunt shots and, you know, a lot of the the stuff that doesn't involve the stars. Sure. Uh so he he was very experienced in 
what he needed to do to direct this movie. And I, I think he did. He does a great job. He eventually would go on to make Snakes on a Plane. So no way, this the same guy. Yeah, <laughs> same oh, dude. Shit. This guy likes to party, is what you're telling me. He Between does. Homer he Bound, this, party. and Snakes on a Plane, uh, <laughs> this guy likes to fucking party. That is an absolute party right there. That, you know, that the triple is, feature. Though, is like kind of based on what you were talking about a second ago about not even needing a big name villain on screen or on screen to, you know, return movie after movie in this series. Think about how low that keeps overhead too. Because yeah. it's not like, oh man, this person became a star with Final Destination 2. And now every time we have him back, we're going to have to pay him more and more. It's like, no, it's all new yeah. people every time. There is no villain who's growing in notoriety like Robert England or whoever that's going to yeah. want more money every time he comes back. It's like, there's nobody returning ever. So you keep overheads really low by doing that. Yeah, yeah. this, this is, I mean, this is a cash grab. That's what Final Destination is, a cash grab that yeah. that employs people who work in horror. I It's like... I can't be mad at it. I don't want to be mad at it even. It, it gives people who work in horror a paycheck and it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fine with it, I guess. Jobs. Yeah, as long as it's as long as it's actually giving jobs to people and so, a lot of people enjoy it. I mean, I I don't, but a lot of people enjoy it. So, way to go Final Destination for that. <laughs> I think you keep that that thought train going, and here in just a few weeks, you're going to be like, yeah, I don't really care for fracking, but think about all the jobs that it creates, Oh, no. Well, (laughs) there are negative side effects to fracking. The only negative side effect to Final Destination is that you've wasted a few hours of your life. (laughs) Again, that should also be on the poster, I think. (laughs) The only (laughs) negative negative side effect. (laughs) What if it's like a Surgeon General's warning? Yeah, <laughs> warning. May cause loss of a few hours, but you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> what about the guy who wrote this? Do you know anything about that guy? Oh, yeah, the the two guys who wrote it, Jay, Jay Mackie Gruber and Eric Bress. They <laughs> actually... Mackie Gruber. <laughs> yeah, that's the I one. I like that. Uh, they actually wrote and directed The Butterfly Effect. I don't know if you saw that with yeah, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I did Kutcher see that one, man. Uh-huh. Did these guys like create the late 90s? What the fuck? I think so. They also uh, they also created the ABC Family Show, Kyle XY. Do you remember that. that one? No. Oh, uh-uh. okay. Well, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't great or anything, but it was a little it was semi popular for a while. It was no secret world of Alex Max. What you're telling me? No, no, it definitely was not that. But yeah, the the so the the people who they brought in. The, the screenwriters, they also didn't have really any experience. So, like, again, it is. It was just, like, uh, they took a, a lot of chances on people, but they also were, like, you know, the end result of the first movie was terrible when we watched it, and it made a bunch of money. Yeah. So maybe we should stop questioning this and just go with it. And that's what they it did. It was just crazy enough to work. <laughs> Okay, so the only person who returns from the first movie is Ali Larder, who plays the dumbest named character of all time, Clear Rivers. <laughs> it's a beautiful name. What are you talking about, man? Clear Rivers. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but we we do get a lot of people who uh, have made pretty successful careers in television. Uh, AJ Cook, who is our main person, Kim Kimberly Corman. She's on Criminal Minds. She was on Virgin Suicides before this, but her, like, she wasn't like the star of that. Uh, 
She's the main character in this. She goes on to Criminal Minds. She's also yeah. Mormon, Ben. She's one of them Mormon. Mormon. Yeah, it's so crazy. she should have spent this whole movie running from from tea and coffee and alcohol. You think that's how she got into her character? She was like, "Okay, imagine death is coffee." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> run. Oh. Uh, we got some other people. I mean, no no huge names in here. I'd say Keegan Connor Tracy, who plays Cat. She's the yeah. one who smokes. She's uh-huh. in a lot of stuff. She's in like Once Upon a Time and Bates Motel, Bates okay. Motel, and yeah. Magicians, like a, bu- a bunch of shows. We got uh, a little Tony Todd action in here. We got Tony Todd. That's a big name coming back from the first candy one. Man. And yeah. he's down there working his job as a mortician in his subterranean gothic uh, castle morgue. <laughs> and just being intentionally creepy. Like yeah. in the first one, it seemed like it was accidental. In this one, it's like, oh no, he's being intentionally creepy. I love uh, the idea, though, that like there is a morgue out there where somebody works where, for one, you can just walk right in. Yeah, and it's this huge stone-walled <laughs> underground thing, and there's Just like smoke right machines in. going off. Like there aren't necrophiles. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on in, y'all. But like, could you imagine that was like part of your thing? It's like, oh, time to start another shift at, at the mortician here. Uh, guess I better turn on the smoke machines and the colored lights and uh, <laughs> <laughs> really get out get my it pliers so up I can in here. Yeah, rip this guy's nipple ring out. <laughs> Yeah, what the hell was that all about? <laughs> I don't think I think that a real mortician would watch that and be like, "This is not up to code. We actually yeah. don't do it this way." We should probably call the uh, morgue cops on that guy. <laughs> yeah, th- that's a thing. Morgue police. We should, <laughs> we should probably do like a a YouTube video that's like actual mortician watches Final Destination Two <laughs> Tony Todd scene. Yeah. <laughs> But he's uh, in here for all of like a minute. He yeah, doesn't like really do seriously, anything. just like a minute. I understand coming back. I get it. They probably gave him a good enough paycheck for a minute. Yeah. Uh, TC Carson is somebody that you might recognize by his voice. TC Carson plays Eugene Dix. He's also okay. the voice of Kratos in God of War. No fucking way. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. So, so the dude wearing like snazzy glasses and turtlenecks in this, yeah, uh-huh. is fucking Kratos. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, dude. He's the whole totally time Kratos. that I was watching, I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, yeah. and I recognize his fucking voice. Well, he kind of sounds like Samuel L. Jackson a little bit, but a little. he also sounds like Keith David a little bit. A little like bit. Like he's too, got a yeah. combo of both of their voices that, like, yeah, he does immediately sound recognizable. But yeah, like he he's the voice of Kratos. He's the voice of Mace Windu in the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, Damn. Uh, cartoon. Like, yeah, he he he's he's really known for his voice, which makes sense when you hear him talk. Uh, That's cool, man. Yeah. A- anybody else in here though? Like, uh, other than Aaron Douglas, who plays the deputy. He's the only one I wanted to point out because he's in Battlestar Galactica and he's in a ton of other stuff and he's just a good boy from what I know. So just a good old boy. Like that Aaron Douglas. Was he ever meaning any harm? I he didn't mean harm in Battlestar Galactica. He didn't mm. mean harm. I don't want to reveal too much. <laughs> well, Steve, it's a successful cast of characters that all do a a good enough job like they're good enough to yeah. be in this movie i don't feel like there's yeah. really anybody that is like oh my god what the fuck is this person doing in here like right. they're all pretty evenly matched yeah which is, i mean uh obviously they like you know what you got to do when you're trying to make something on the cheap and that is 
really nail it in pre-production like really nail the things like casting and uh planning out your stunts and all that stuff so that when you show up on the day there are no extraneous costs you get it done and you get the fuck out of there uh (laughs) so like these final destination movies i think are a pro like after the first one they really are a pretty great example of good pre-production making for a movie that is not only watchable but also fun most of the time Uh, oh the joy of preparedness yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell you what i'm prepared to do is open up another code b here and throw it in my face hell yeah let's do that (laughs) let's do that why don't we do that man okay in my face round two with a ryan geist this one also came from over there at merch it's a beer and their to go market this is their hustle ipa which is delightful ben i know that this is from cincinnati and you say cincinnati in the word hustle and i only think of pete rose so i'm assuming this has something to do with pete rose Okay, so I'm so glad that you cleared that up because I had no fucking idea why the can had like a baseball on it. I was like, I I don't (laughs) see the relevance here between the word hustle and baseball. So that's a Pete Rose thing. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Hustle, they called him. Well, shit, dude. You just cracked the fucking code. Yeah, now let's get a taste of this. Cracked the code beer. (laughs) It's good, man. Like I said, they have some other ones that I've had that are fantastic. They That's have nice. one that you should check out if you like a if you like a nice sparkling wine. They have one called Bubbles. Okay. That is a it's a it's like a what do they call it? It's like a dry rose sour or something like that. Oh. It really just tastes like rose champagne straight up. I'm interested. What do you think about this one? Uh, solid is what I would mm-hmm. say. It's like it's just clean, slightly hoppy, not overly hoppy. Uh, I just, yeah, it's a solid as fuck, man. <laughs> it's like, it, it's an IPA that like you could easily have with a meal that wouldn't overpower the meal at all. Exactly. You know what it kind of reminds me a little bit of is that, um, what's that company that makes that space dust IPA oh, that we like so Elysian. much? Mm-hmm. Elysian. Yeah. It's yeah, kind of okay. sort of like that really. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as boozy. I think a space dust is like maybe 8% nine, or something. Eight, yeah. something like that. This is, I think, about six, six and a half. So it's a little bit lighter, which makes it a little bit more food friendly. Makes the, the flavor a little less intense. You know what? But maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I think I, I, I don't know if this is what they were going for, but I'd say this is the Pete Rose of beers. It oh, would yeah? probably get a solid base hit about thirty percent of the time. How about that? <laughs> but then it would lose it all gambling. <laughs> that's true. It would lose it all gambling. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Geist knows what's up. If you guys see their stuff around the grocery, be sure to pick one up, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to try some more. I think these are the only two I've, I've tried. So I'm going to try some more Ryan Geist out. Now, of course, that cast of characters that we were talking about is imperative and very essential to this movie because we get to see them all get completely fucking annihilated and killed <laughs> in all kinds of crazy ways. Yeah, and that's what this movie is about. It's about the kills. The kills are great. Yeah. The kills yeah. are great. Like yes, they honestly, are. the kills in this movie are good enough to keep me watching. Yeah, that is that is exactly it. I think I think that's probably why I got through all of the final destinations after the first one because the kills are entertaining and more yeah. and more interesting. And oh, yeah. this movie, I think, nails it. And they oftentimes have like a pretty elaborate kind of setup. Like, there's always mm-hmm. a lot of shit going on to yeah. make the final thing happen. Like, they kind of they toyed with that a little bit in the first Final Destination with like right. uh, 
the guy getting like strangled by the the shower curtain or what the fuck ever. It was like the the clothes drying line, and he slipped on the water and blah blah blah. Yeah. But this one makes the kills a lot more elaborate. There's a lot yeah. more like setup of like little things that culminate in the ultimately disastrous event that kills somebody. And I would say also that it it does add an annoying feature in that the, it gives you so many possible ways that they're going to die. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it didn't do that in the first one. The first one, it, one time it does that when Devin Sawa's like in that cabin trying to, you know, stay away from all danger and he yeah. basically just keeps seeing all the things that could kill him. Uh, in this, it's like... It keeps showing us all these different things that could be the the ultimate killer and then faking it out. Like, every single one of them is like, you couldn't have expected this. Like, there's no way yeah. you knew this is what was going to kill them. And it's like, okay, but, like, pay off all that tension. Don't just, like, make something come out of nowhere. Like, the yeah, guy in the okay. burning apartment ends up getting killed by the fire ladder landing on his skull. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, though. That carried a good message with it, because how did this whole thing start? With him fucking littering, throwing spaghetti out his window. He That's ended up point. being hoisted on his own petard, and slipping on his own litter, and dying for it. That's a good point. And number two, he took his shirt off to cook, so he deserved to die. There's also something about that. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, too. There's also something about the whole way that it started with spaghetti being thrown on the ground, and then ultimately... He dies with impact to his eye and stuff that just makes me think about that sad crying Indian and that Keep America Clean commercial. Is that what they were going for? I don't know, <laughs> but it seems to be there. I hope so. I hope that's what they were going for. <laughs> oh, man. Well, but yeah, like that that whole first kill, it's like there's so many things that are going wrong. Like his hand is like in the garbage disposal, which P.S. I've never understood. There's this thing that happens in movies and TV all the time. It happened in a Sopranos episode the other night that we watched where people get their hands stuck in garbage disposals. Now, yeah. I, I don't often stick my hand in a garbage disposal for no. obvious reasons, but it's just kind of a hole in your sink that has like a rubber gasket around it. What are you getting caught on? Yeah, and why are you, like, it seems like in all of those instances, it's like either they do it with the thing on or there's some reason why it suddenly comes on. Yeah, And totally. it's like, when you're when you're just sitting in your living room, does your uh, garbage disposal ever randomly come on? No. Does it ever not? Is more like it? Am That's I right? a good that point. Thing just, yeah. It's got a mind of its own. <laughs> that thing's just all the time. And I keep mine set on a timer, actually. I have mine on yeah, a timer so that just every... Just for fun. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just like every 30 minutes, it just goes <laughs> off. Because I couldn't stand the thought of me being somewhere in my... You know, drain being dirty. <laughs> Actually, you know what, though? In his case, there was a reason why he got stuck in there, because he had just... Put on that watch. He put yeah. on that big watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah there so was a reason for it. caused his demise. Yeah. But, but that again, it didn't. Like, what, what, like, what, I mean, like, he, he should have died from the fire in his house. No. Uh, should have gotten his hand uh, cut off by the garbage, uh, disposal no doesn't happen then like he almost falls off of the uh fire escape no the final thing that gets him is when he gets on the ground and slips on his spaghetti like i guess that's a gag i guess that's a joke but until you pointed it out i never even thought about that as why he dies there like i i didn't even think about the fact that he slipped on his spaghetti i was just like oh right. he just slips but it's ultimately he 
he got the wheels a turning yeah. right there. That's he true. might have been completely uninvolved in all of this stuff and is just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah. What if death had nothing to do with why that guy died? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just it's, like, it's just a side story about something <laughs> dumb that happened. But I'll tell you what, like, the thing that I like about a lot of those elaborate kills is a lot of times there's, like, fun, very subtle foreshadowing of how they end up dying. Like, whenever he's walking up the stairs with all of his, like, iMac and stuff like that, which, of course, there's the, the word I and iMac, mm-hmm. uh, he passes by, like, a bunch of children's toys in the hallway, and one of them's a baby doll with the right eye removed. Yeah. And then... Even on the fridge, the magnetic letter that falls off into his food that makes the microwave short out, it's an H that fell into there, but the remaining letters that were left on the fridge spelled out E-Y-E. <laughs> it's okay. like, cool, like they put that a little cool. more thought yeah. in here than they needed to, yeah. but it's cool if you look for it. It is cool if you look for it. I think, like, again, like, this is a fun movie. I don't love the fake outs, but I I also, like, it don't. They don't irritate me the entire time. Like, I think, for instance, the uh, the short-haired chick that gets killed. What's her name? Yeah, Cat. Cat. Uh, yeah, like that. What that actually built up tension really well and played out in a way I didn't expect. Like, yeah, I like that too. Yeah. That was a fun one, man. Like, I like the fake outs. I kind of like that. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting there, kind of getting pinballed like, around with these how characters. Are, you in know, these they're situations. gonna get killed. How's it gonna happen? Yeah, I guess. I guess that's and also a too, like, good point. How long can this go on? Like, how right. many other things can happen before this person dies? Like, how's it gonna happen? That that kind of suspense. I mean, keeps yeah. me going. It's real smart. I mean, because obviously, like, uh, uh, David Ellis said that when you know they were coming in to make a sequel, basically he just watched the first one and looked for what worked, and yeah. then just did that. And I, I think that is what this is. This is a distillation of what worked in the first one and then just going with only that. Like, only do the stuff that worked. So, you know that people are gonna die. So, play it up a little bit. Ham it up. Have a few different... I, I think that's... Yeah, you're right. It actually isn't... It's, it was annoying to me watching it, but it actually is... It works and it's good. Right. You know what, though? The more that I think about it... Because I was just thinking about the way that Cat dies, too, right? Uh-huh. There might be... Some stuff going on here we haven't really factored in where a lot of these people are ultimately responsible for their own demise. Because, like, Kat, she's sitting there with that, like, big, you know, piece of lumber across her lap. The right. guys come by with the jaws of life or whatever, and she's like, can you turn it down? It's really freaking me out. Yeah. Like, kind of being a bitch about it to these guys that are trying to, like, save her life, you know? Right. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I'll put on quiet mode. And then he just really, like, manhandles the machine, and that what ca- that's what causes the airbag to go off and, like, impale her head. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably if she'd have been nice to him, that wouldn't have happened. Right. True. And then so, also, yeah, too, so he- if, you, if you think about it, like, whenever the kid comes out of the dentist, which, P.S., was that whole dentist scene not, like, something out of Finding Nemo? He's in the dentist. Yes. There's an aquarium. There's birds coming at the glass. That like, reminded me so much of Finding Nemo, and I didn't even because th- I was like, why is this so familiar until you just said Finding Nemo? Yeah. And he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, this it's is exactly Finding Nemo. That. <laughs> but like whenever that kid comes out of the dentist office with his mom it's like by that point he had already escaped death he had the yeah. like uh the thing from the what are those things called the spinny things that float above you uh, uh mobile mobile thank you yeah the thing from the mobile like fall in his mouth while he's like knocked out like paralyzed which by the way that fucking terrifying to me yeah yes 
that like he because not being able to breathe is like the frightening thing to me about dying yeah uh, oh, and, and also being physically powerless to, to pull do this anything thing out of your mouth it. yeah you it, it was it reminded me very much of sleep paralysis and it yeah yeah it fucked with me a lot uh yeah. it, and like the the dentist part of it like <laughs> like they were able to like really tap into a few different fears there yeah. But none of them end up killing him. That's true. Yeah, it's not like going to the dentist killed him or whatever. No. Yeah. That's true. It was being an asshole kid. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's the thing that gets me about it is ultimately at the end, the thing that gets him killed is because he comes out of the office and just totally uncharacteristically, considering how he acts the rest of the movie, is just like, ah, birds! <laughs> just uh-huh. like runs at this huge group of pigeons. Like he's fucking like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Yeah. And that's what gets him killed because yeah, he's right under. Well, the, the the pigeons disrupt the construction guy who drops that big plate glass thing on him, which just annihilates him. And dude, yeah. I know that that kill is completely implausible, and that a sheet of glass falling on you would not <laughs> fucking make you explode like a water balloon. <laughs> but god damn it, it makes me so happy. I had yeah. to go back and watch it like three times. It does look really cool, and it plays. I mean. It's not, I mean, all of the blood and explosion uh, are over the top for sure. But the way, way that the his body bends looks really right. It looks yeah. the way it would happen. <laughs> so it's like I believable, know. but then like out, of, you know, uh, over the top. Uh, but are all, are all these people fun. just killing themselves? Like, are they all responsible for their own deaths? Oh, oh, let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it more, and I'm like, maybe there's, maybe these people are just killing themselves. That kid's mom gets killed because she gets her head stuck in the elevator. Yeah, I was because, trying to piece that one together. Yeah, that one. Wait, I mean, but that is kind of her fault because they did tell her she was next. Like, yeah. they were like, "Hey, stay here so you're safe," and then she she doesn't. Right. Well, again, it's like she kind of she kind of did it. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I absolutely love. The absolute stupidity of the fact that she got in the elevator with this guy with a basket full of hook hands. Yep. A literal hand basket. Yep. <laughs> yep. A basket full of hook hands. Just, what was he, where was he going? What was he doing? In an apartment building. Yeah. Like, there's, like, a, there's another movie about this guy who is an absolute sociopath serial killer that kills amputees only and collects their <laughs> hook hands as trophies. <laughs> Like, what the fuck movie is that guy from? <laughs> I want to see that one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> He's like so, somebody that would hang out with Maniac. <laughs> who, uh, let's see. Oh, crap. What's his name? Uh, Eugene. He, what happens to him? How did he get killed? He gets shot? Well, he was on that ventilator thing. Well, yeah, but like, quit how working, did he end up did on he survive? the Oh, because oh, he had he the car wreck. Yeah, He was in the right. car wreck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't really all that clear what happened did to him. Did he I mean, survive? I think he does, doesn't he? I think he did, yeah, because the, the ventilator came back on and stuff, so I don't remember huh. him dying. Okay, so the 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 drug addict, he gets killed by the, uh, the barbed, barbed wire. wire getting, which is like, the only the only bad-looking kill in the movie, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, lo- I mean, because a ton of this is CG. It, it's actually, despite the fact that it still looks good from 2003, which is surprising... A ton of it is CG. Um, Dude, I'll tell you, like, that was one of the first things that I have in my notes, like, after I saw that big crash and kept seeing more and more of the kills in the movie. The CG and stuff is way 
way better than I was expecting for 2003. Yeah. I mean, there's I movies think, that, that came out like yeah. a year or two ago with CG that doesn't look as convincing as this. I think they tried to do the smart thing, uh, which was go minimal with it and show it quickly. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it, it, I, I, I mean, like the logs when they're bouncing off the road, those are CG. It looks good though. They look good, man. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if like the whole movie has some kind of, maybe some sort of, you know, filter over it that makes everything else look slightly unreal so that the fake stuff looks realer. Like maybe. they really dialed in the lighting and the color and stuff like that to make those things look like they were real. Yeah. So that that's I mean that's surprising coming from 2003 for sure. Extremely, especially considering this is just, you know, part 2 of a kind of B-list horror franchise. They yeah. kind of put more work into it than than they needed to. The first to, one. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But really, like, I was never all that pulled out, except for the one barbed wire kill where I was like, okay, that's obviously extremely yeah, fake. And they could have done good. that in a way that was, yeah, like, he didn't have to get cut into three parts. You know what I mean? He yeah, just, just cut him in half. snapped off or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that was a little over the top. But all the rest of it, man, I was, I was on board. I was like, okay, that looks fucking great. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, I think this movie, yeah, it, it really is surprising to me because that there aren't a huge there aren't any huge names in this i mean tony todd and and ali larder from the first one i wouldn't say they're huge names they're known uh everybody else is kind of just a character actor and everybody really nails their parts the the dialogue never gets too ridiculous no. though i mean what they're saying most of the time is like <laughs> it's like basically just to set up the next kill like every theory they have seems to be just to set up the next kill totally and everybody just immediately goes like nobody ever like if they ask a question it's like okay what should we do it's never like why do you think that or <laughs> what what possibly would make you believe that's the case like, yeah keep going more details please <laughs> yeah yeah i need to know more about this thing that you're just coming up with out of the crack of your ass thanks <laughs> I'm telling you, this actually might be some kind of super deep existential movie about man coming to grips with death. It really could be. It could be. Hey, who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> well, and also, too, that kind of ties in nicely with our ideas about the fact that a lot of these people are accidentally killing themselves most of the time, where it's just like, yeah. you think you can figure out the logic of death, and you think that death is this external force and stuff, and it's like, no, usually it's just you. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, There's yeah, something that's... very existential about it. <laughs> and I think, I think this movie does at the very least have have moments where you can believe that maybe they did think of that like i i think they did put thought into it in a way that like you know the the first one you're building a world the second one you can easily screw up by not understanding the world but i think they screwed down I guess by yeah. very very w understanding the world of the first movie very well and seeing how to economically do what that first movie did and then just kill the people in and then just kill people ways. yeah yeah that's Dude, it, my, that's it. <laughs> my, my notes read like a teen girl squad script because like, <laughs> my, my notes are like airbagged elevated <laughs> flattened that's awesome bar barbecued <laughs> barbecued barbed like these are all strong bad isms i'm pretty yeah, sure yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> I the the kid blowing up at the end I think is actually pretty genius. Yeah. 
because it it it, it gets to it gets everybody out of the theater feeling like they just had a fun time true yeah like, it's not honestly, overly like, serious at the end the kills and stuff are so over the top and silly but the characters in the movie aren't really no over the not top at all. and silly yeah. like they they think they're in a very serious movie but these yeah ridiculous ass things keep happening to them that are entertaining to us as a viewer because like yeah. i think if they would have gone totally slapstick and over the top and cliche with the characters and they were getting killed in these crazy ridiculous ways it wouldn't have been as fun as it is when you're like these people are in this life and death drama movie and they're dying in all these crazy fucking ways yeah uh but then at the very end there like you said i think it's the one time that they're like all right let's just have a little bit of fun with this and let's have her son's severed arm land on her plate at a picnic <laughs> Like and there's no reason why it fucking explodes. It explodes because no. it does. Who cares? It just does. Yeah, I I think there's only one real scene where I I thought like this is actually like an emotional connection. This is actually working, and it's the scene between uh, AJ Cook Kim and the drug addict guy Rory, where he hands her his wallet and keys and basically asks her to go into his apartment and get rid of his drug paraphernalia and porn if yeah. he dies and it's a scene that i i think could easily be played as a joke but the way they acted it is very serious and it actually is affecting where it's like yeah this guy like he's he's a burnout and he doesn't have much going on but like he's not like a bad person he's God, just he so fucking annoying though i hate yeah. that guy he, that guy by the way jonathan cherry is awesome in wolf cop so go watch oh. wolf cop <laughs> oh, I've heard you talk the. Yeah, I've heard you talk a tall tale about Wolf Cop and yeah, say that it's, it's so fucking good. awesome. So he's I love in it. okay. Mm. Right on, man. Yeah, that's the thing about this movie is like I feel like it really knows what it is. Like yeah. nothing is worse than a movie like Crawl, for example, where we're yeah, like, this would be better if it's it this was big worse. emotional movie. Yeah, yeah. Like this movie is like okay, we know people watch the first one so they could see teenagers get killed in crazy ways. That's what they're here for, right? Uh, there doesn't need to be some kind of maximum incredible mythology to this. There doesn't even really have to be a lot of logic to it. We yeah. just need the 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 race, as it were, of these people trying to escape death and ultimately yeah. failing and getting slaughtered in crazy ways. Like yeah. this movie knows exactly what it is, and that's honestly mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I like it is because it knew exactly what it needed to do and what it didn't need to do. Right. Um, it, it's almost like whenever, you know, you've had like a really late night of, of bar hopping and boozing and stuff like that, and you just have that super greasy, shitty slice of pizza or a right. you know, greasy diner burger. It, yeah, and it's it not nails covered it. in. Yeah. yeah, it's like it doesn't have a slice of foie gras and truffle oil on it and stuff like that because it doesn't need to. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, uh, I think Final Destination 3 actually like perfects that because final destination three doesn't have a ton of the theorizing about what's going to happen or whatever just kind of like it's like okay this is the you know the setup and the characters are going to be like oh it's like that thing that happened to these other people and then everybody's going to go oh okay and then kids die like yeah. that's that's exactly what this did for the first one was just chop away so much of the unnecessary stuff but it still had its own unnecessary elements that I think could could go for sure. Like but I, I well, I think all of the um, theorizing based off of what Tony Todd said is 
like from the first one tony todd does seem to know what's going on so in the second one what he says should be true i guess so yeah but it it turns out that it's not like it's not maybe not not true but it's not important like they go this entire time thinking oh if that woman has her baby then that'll interrupt death because that's what the truth sayer tony todd told them but then it turns out twist that woman didn't actually die in the first car crash so now that entire thing that we've been chasing most of the movie just turned out to be not true or yeah, not important true. uh like but I, maybe I, that's maybe that's the design though is considering maybe, that tony yeah, todd maybe. is supposed to like maybe be a representation of death itself right maybe he's feeding him false information to chase right that way he'll get what he wants. I mean, it's never yeah, said it's that he is death, but you know. Yeah, it's possible for sure. And I don't, I don't, I think he does have some, he has a connection to death. I don't think he is death because he doesn't come back in the future movies after this one. I don't think. Aw. Yeah, but he, he, he definitely has a connection. So maybe what he said was true. But that's the thing is if you're going to give us a truth teller and then have him tell a truth, the truth needs to like come to fruition. Like it right. should have been that them saving that woman and her baby actually did fix it. If that's what you're going to tell us. Sure. I got you, man. But it's, it's, a, it's a small nitpick, honestly. I'll tell you what, though. The thing that I do like about that aspect of the story that essentially they're trying to get this woman to have her baby to make up for a life that was supposed to be taken a life added all that stuff right yeah that in effect makes this an extremely pro-choice movie doesn't it steve whoa (laughs) (laughs) because they're saying this new life begins when that baby is born right it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very pro-choice. That's very true. So, pro-choice. Final Destination is a pro-choice movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> if the baby would have died while it was still in utero, doesn't count. No, not a life yet. Doesn't count. Not a life. It's just a, uh, an amalgamation of cells. <laughs> That's so awesome. Pro-lifers, I stay away from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, this movie is so fucking okay. It's early 2000s, but it feels like 1999 and looks like 1999. Yeah, the early 2000s really held on to 1999 and 2000, I feel like, because 2000, because of 9-11. I think like people were really just like, no, we don't want things to change too much for a while. And All progress has been put on hold. Yeah, and it, it did. It does, it does seem frozen in time a little bit. It seems like this could have come out the same year as the first Final Destination. And totally look the same yeah when did the first one come out was that night in the 2000s? 2000 yeah so this is just okay, three so, years wow. later yeah yeah it feels exactly the same like it's yeah, so late exactly. 90s that there is a a punk kid in a no fear t-shirt that calls a woman a biatch oh my god that scene in particular uh i don't i guess i i guess they didn't get there are a few times here i think they didn't get shots that they intended to get and one of them is uh that scene because ali larder's delivery of the line is obviously not what she intended because uh he he's you know responds to her and she says you little punk it sounds like she's flirting with him i but thought they don't about get that sh- but she does yeah, they don't get a shot of her face saying it. So I think she was probably just like, you know, I, they're not going to use my line reading from the back here. 
and they did and they did <laughs> yeah okay and, and there's a scene when they're in the that apartment and like aj cook is talking to like three people on the couch there's a moment where it's obvious that she was delivering the line that there was supposed to be a shot in the middle where the the druggy guy said something because she responds to him but he doesn't say anything huh it's a very strange that. moment. She's responding like some to something footage. that I guess he's supposed to have said, but he doesn't say anything. Anyway, Word. <laughs> so there are a few <laughs> moments there. But again, you'd have to pay too much attention to this movie to catch those. Just on a on a on an average general viewing, this is a fun. Well, movie. Let me ask you a question too. When it comes to the stuff we were talking about earlier about like the rules kind of constantly changing and nobody really being right about them. One thing that that I've really got to wonder in addition to that is like, okay, death wants these souls. It wants to get these kids. Uh-huh. Which also is, is pretty stupid because if death was just a little more patient, they'd all die of something eventually. Yeah. What's your deal, death? Like, yeah. Why are you in such a dies? hurry? <laughs> yeah. They'll come to you. Don't worry. Just be patient here. Uh, do you think that death uh, maybe has like a quota? Maybe like, it's that. Yeah. yeah. It's like cops giving out tickets at the end of the month for like jack shit. Yeah, just like uh, your blinker blinks too slow. Here you go. Yeah, my uh, boss is really busting my balls here. I need 38 souls by the end death's of the month. Who's boss? <laughs> who's in charge of death? Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And Jesus yep. needs his dead folks. I need these dead souls. It's getting boring up here. I'm hanging out with all these people just singing hallelujah 24-7. I want some new voices in the choir. I'm sick and tired of it. Maybe kill that Tiger King. He seems like fun to hang out with. <laughs> But the question is, is like, okay, so if death is trying to get these souls and stuff, who is giving the the main girl the visions, letting her know what's going to happen? Where are those coming from? That, that I didn't even kind of think about, but yeah, what, where yeah, is like what's, that what's coming What's the other from? side that's trying to get these kids to live? Is that also Jesus? Is he playing probably, both sides gotta here? Be, Jesus plays, you know what? That way he always comes out ahead. He's creating bidding yeah. wars between these two competing uh-huh. sides, man. <laughs> and taking all the credit. Taking all the hallelujahs at the end of the day. <laughs> Jesus loves hallelujahs. I wonder how <laughs> many hallelujahs things cost in heaven. Like, what's the hallelujah to dollar ratio there? It's a good question. Yeah, I'd like to know the <laughs> currency conversion for that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't think about that. It, I don't know. Like, is it... Is it like an immutable law of death that death has to warn you if you escaped once and it's on, it's like trying to kill you now? It's like, all right, well, you got away one time, so I do have to warn you before I show up. Like, yeah, it's in hey, the rules. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I wondered if she was like a, uh, you know, maybe an X man that didn't know she was a mutant. Oh, that would be cool to find to out. See the future? Yeah, it's like, yeah. it turns out that she's actually the next evolution of humans. Like, where is this shit coming from? Ultimately, it doesn't really matter that much, honestly. Uh, but it's still, no. I still gotta wonder because, like, if you're if you're positing that there is this supernatural element to this, where death is this personified being that's trying to get these kids and stuff, and that there's something else that's giving her these visions, there is logic to it somewhere in that conflict. There's gotta so, be, yeah. I guess they never explore that in the sequels, though, either, do they? Not really, no. Like the see, I, I the sequels just dig into the idea of like here's a bunch of kids and they die uh i i don't think they ever even try to fully explain it uh let's see 
Yeah, no, because uh, four, <laughs> five, and the final destination. Yeah, there, there's no like attempt at fully explaining it. It really is just like, oh, it's this. Remember the thing that happened to those other kids? Well, that's happening now. That's gonna happen again. Only they're gonna die in different ways. Yeah, I yeah, I, I do think it, it buys into like the Friday the Thirteenth sort of thing where yeah, you never really get much revelation about Jason beyond that he drowned as a kid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, second verse, same as the first, man, yeah. Ramon style, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that you got to remember. Like, it's easy for us to really get into like the A twenty four horror scene and stuff, and be like, "Oh, they're doing this because it means this, and it interprets this way, and blah right, blah right. blah." There's a hidden meaning behind everything. And then we got to remember, like, one of the biggest franchises that made horror a huge cult following, money making, you know, billion dollar industry is a movie where there was a kid that drowned in a lake and then came back as a full-grown man. Yeah, and and it makes no sense. Yeah, and they made no. like 10, 10 or 11 movies about him and never explained how Not that once. transition happened. doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't Just go matter. It. That's a good point. I, I think, yeah, I get why, say, you know, if somebody grew up in the 2000s, if they're a big Final Destination fan, I get it. It's their Friday the 13th. their Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, I, I totally understand. It makes sense. Right. Now, one thing that you pointed out while we were kind of pre-producing here on the show that makes at least a couple of these movies pretty effective is that they they at least kick off with a kill or a scenario yeah. that is related to like a lot of shared fears that uh-huh. people have. Like It's not yeah. like these extremely isolated, like, oh, this person's afraid of red balloons or whatever. Like They kind of usually get you hooked by tying into a fear that affects a lot of us. Like the first movie starts off with the the plane crash, right? Right. Yeah. And so many people are afraid of flying. I mean, this starts with a, a car crash, which again is a thing that I would say 75% of the people on the road are probably a little bit worried about most of the yeah. time. Well, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's super scary because, uh, you know, it, unless you're maybe just somebody that lives in a huge city like Chicago or New York or somewhere like that, Getting in a car is pretty inevitable, if, at least if you live in the States. Like, it's going right. to happen. In yeah, the it's going to happen. And you're going to have to do it regularly in the States. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's a it's an easy fear to have, like the fear of getting into some kind of horrific collision on the interstate or something like yeah. that. How does the third one kick off? Third one kicks off with a roller coaster accident, which again, okay, yeah. I mean, that's very relatable. Everybody, uh, people who don't want to go on roller coasters, that's what they're afraid of. People who do go on roller coasters are well aware that might happen. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, so it's like I like that these movies are smart enough to establish that kind of uh, rapport with the audience by yeah. first, you know, getting the claws in by giving you this shared yeah. scenario where it's like here's something that almost everybody here is scared of and could happen to you on the way home from the theater or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. So that that is uh, it. It works really well to dig into those fears immediately, and then like so many of the other deaths and things are uh, results of of scary things car crashes uh, fires etc like they they are playing up on all these really primal sort of fears and fears that are every day for most people yeah yeah and that makes it a lot more effective than just like yeah. i don't know some bizarre scenario killed somebody that could never happen right like yeah like saw saw is the successor i would say to final destination where saw is basically just like oh oh creative ways to kill that'll be fun uh, right. but like they're, they're so disconnected from reality that it's, 
it's hard to connect like i've never had a reverse bear trap on my head that is gonna <laughs> go off and split my head in half like bullshit you haven't come okay, on man. everybody's only been there once though one time okay all right all right and i got out of it so <laughs> clearly <laughs> Yeah, I think that that's a smart move on their part here. And one of the other things that I think in this movie is a, a pretty smart choice is all the original soundtrack stuff, which is a very classically oriented, traditional, almost Hitchcockian kind of soundtrack. The first movie actually had a lot of that, too. The original soundtrack parts of the first movie I thought uh-huh. were pretty good and appropriate. Yeah, I think This so. one, it, it's, you know, it's on the nose to a fault. Like when something oh, yeah. bad happens, like two, the soundtrack yeah. might as well go bum bum bum. <laughs> That's like, a good it's, point. It's very much just telling you exactly how to feel, but I'm kind of okay with it. Like it kind of suits the movie. Subtle is not what it needed, so I like yeah. the fact that the soundtrack is just right there telling you, "Hey, something scary is happening. Did you notice?" Right. Here's yeah. some notes. I I would say also uh, to its detriment is. Uh, for some reason, Clear Rivers has like a free pass to just stay in the insane asylum. Okay, I was really wondering about this. <laughs> Can a person just go to an insane asylum and be like, hey, I'm kind of scared. Can I live here? <laughs> uh, yeah, and like they're not drugging her or anything. No. They stay away from her. They're just like, oh, you just want a big padded cell? Okay, cool. Yeah. Do and your own thing. I got to wonder, like, are they providing her meals and stuff, or does she order out? Does she pay rent on that room? Like, is there an <laughs> HOA situation? What's also, going on there? Uh, in, in areas like Los Angeles, can you just go to an insane asylum and rent a room? And yeah, would it be worth it? Maybe if you're, like, homeless or something, can you just go to an asylum and be like, hey, I'm, I'm crazy. a scared. Yeah. Can I just yeah, hide right. out here? Yeah, she doesn't even say she's crazy. She's just scared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she can also just check out whenever she wants to. Yep. You She's know what I would like, do? I'll put on my leather jacket and go. I'm kind of thinking about just staying locked up in, a, in an insane asylum for a while, saving up some money until I have enough just to, you know, buy a palatial condo or whatever, and then be like, hey, I'm checking out, guys. Thanks for the stay. <laughs> oh, dude. What if this had a cabinet of Dr. Caligari ending? Oh, and, shit. And, like, at, like, right at the end where we think everybody's saved, it cuts back to uh, Clear Rivers in her padded cell, and she's imagined the whole thing, and all the people are people at the insane asylum and stuff. That would I be, like it. I mean, it'd be acceptable, but it would ruin your future sequels. <laughs> yeah, because every sequel beyond that would be like, what's Clear thinking about today? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the soundtrack in this is, like I said, not not really subtle at all, but I'm okay with it. Of course, it does feature a lot of, like, shitty millennial, yes. you know, um, soundtrack pieces and stuff like that. Not as bad as the first one, though. No, not not nearly as bad. The only song that stood out to me as really hard to listen to was whatever was playing when that guy was cooking shirtless in his apartment. Okay, I need to go back and watch this again because I didn't notice it because I think I was just so engrossed in trying to figure out how the fuck this guy was going to die. Describe the soundtrack that's going on right there. Okay, so it starts off and it sounds like he's listening to trance music. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, all right. And then it moves into like this prog rock sort of thing. And then like the vocals don't go well with it. And it sounds like a whole different... <laughs> yeah, you nailed it, basically. <laughs> I'm recreating this as we go. Yeah. 
it it I just could not understand that song at all. It wasn't enraging like some of the songs in uh the first Final Destination, but it was it was confusing distracting. and distracting. Yeah. Cuz like <laughs> there were moments where I wasn't even paying attention to him cuz I was like looking on my phone trying to figure out what that song was so yeah. I could avoid it in the future. <laughs> Let's make sure I never have to listen to that again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Call me crazy, but like I had fun watching this. Like I oh, even yeah, have note, like parts in my notes where I'm like, time is flying by. Yeah. Like I paused yeah, the movie yeah. at some point and I was like, I've been watching this for like an hour. What is going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it flies by, dude. It's yeah. just and it like like I'll look up and I'll be like, Oh, it's the dentist scene now. Like the it it every bit of it sticks with you, but like if you don't overthink it, it's just a fun movie. I know, man. And, yeah. like, this is the kind of movie where you need to just get just the right amount of fucked up. Because, like, yeah, I was, yeah. I'd already had a couple by the time we started the movie. Yeah. And I had a couple more while I was watching the movie. And it's perfect for that because if you zone out or check your phone or whatever and you come back to the movie, yeah, you probably didn't miss much, honestly. Yeah, it's fine. True. You can just pick right back up with it, watch some people get annihilated, and then the cycle starts anew. Like, I, I totally had a great time watching this flick. Even though it is dumb and contradicts itself and has no real plausible rules. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, the fact that it's a bunch of people just trying to figure this out and they're wrong about it is actually kind of cool to me. Yeah, it kind of works. It does actually work in in that sense where it's like if they did end up being right from the beginning, it would be more annoying. Yeah, totally. Well, how did they get that? Yeah, how come they know when they're going to die and how to avoid it and shit like that? Like, that would be stupid to me. I like that it's a bunch of people making assumptions about what's going on and being wrong about it. I mean, that's how I view every religion in the world. It's a bunch of people (laughs) being like, oh, I I know what's going on here. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's another guy being like, no, you're wrong. This is going on and everybody's Mm -hmm. wrong. I mean, you're born and you die. That's the two things we all have in common, right? For sure. Yeah. And taxes, am I right? <laughs> so I don't know. I, I had a good time. This is totally a, you know, make it your second movie of the night. Make it your first movie if you're already fucked up. Yeah. Watch some people die and have fun. Everything doesn't have to be, you know, this huge revelation, allegorical, no. deep thing. Like, you know, the lighthouse or some shit like that. Sure. Everything doesn't have to be complicated. Just have fun. Why you gotta go and make things so complicated? <laughs> that is not the song for this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you got any final thoughts on a rating for this thing, man? Uh, final thoughts. I mean, as you said, it's super fun. Uh, it's not like uh, it's not a great movie. I wouldn't no, claim of not. it's even uh, it's even particularly good. Uh, in the sense of like having something that is gonna stick with you in a positive manner, but it will stick with you like you'll remember these things that uh that that crash scene has stuck with me since i saw it the first time like now <laughs> it's just like i have a visualization of the fear that i had yeah yeah it's that, effective th- filmmaking yeah. right there yeah so that in that sense like it it really it really does the job of a horror movie and that that makes it uh, a better than better than average i guess really yeah. is that it it 
it probably is for me like a five and a half or a six because it it does the job that horror is supposed to do yeah and i oftentimes forget that when we're covering movies when it's just like oh this is a really good movie but does it do the job of horror this does the job of horror despite the fact that it's not a great movie it it really crawls under your skin and works so yeah i'd say it's about five or a half five and a half or a six yeah i totally back that man it, it kind of reminds me of the way that in my life I've gone in and out of loving certain kinds of music and appreciating different things about music where for a long time there, I just wanted to hear the most well-played, technical, intense, complex shit ever. Like I wanted to hear dream theater and stuff like that all the time. And that's what made it good is how complicated it was and how much thought they put into it and stuff like that. And then at the same time, I would come full circle around back to that and listen to like teenagers from Mars from the Misfits and be like, Oh, this, this is awesome. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be 17 minutes and in 1916 and feature four guitar solos to be good. And like, the music can basically sound like. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. Cool. Sign me up. You know, <laughs> everything doesn't have to be a fucking masterpiece to me anymore. You know, things can yeah. be kind of shitty and I can still love it. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it has to be a special formula for me with shitty. Like, I, I, I would imagine it's hard to pin down what shitty thing I will like. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a little unpredictable for me. Yeah, yeah. But the the when it hits, it hits. I just can't yeah. like, I just can't deny it when I'm watching something and I'm enjoying it, I, and I don't want to. I, I, as I've said before, I love liking movies. I love enjoying movies. So if if I'm watching a movie and I'm enjoying it and you know it's one that i've previously heard was terrible i don't question it i'm not like why well why am i liking this this is supposed to be terrible (laughs) it's just like no i'm liking this so it must not be terrible totally yeah exactly right man yeah it's it's the kind of thing where can you argue with me that there are holes in this movie and lacks of logic and it doesn't play by its own rules and stuff absolutely can you tell me that the kills suck no no (laughs) <laughs> can you tell me that it's not competently shot? No. You know, and the I think the pacing is really good too. It's not yeah. like it's not like you have this big glut of kills at the front, then a ton of dead space in the middle of the movie, nope. and then a little bit of action at the end. It's very well paced to where it's just like yeah. there is kills at regular intervals and little story building yeah. moments, revelations, and moments. yeah, little exposition, yeah. little death, little exposition, little death. Yeah, it yeah. It's, it it does play out in exactly the way you would want a movie. I think that's kind of what this is, where it's like, um, you want certain things out of a bad movie that make it enjoyable, and this ticks all those buttons, like being not too long, not dragging on, like not lingering on bad CG and stuff like that. Like this is able to competently do all those things. It just makes it fun in the end. Yeah. Yep, I think so too, man. So I I had a good time. I enjoyed watching this movie. I still enjoyed watching it the second time, man. Like I said, the, the kills are just so good and so fun and stupid and creative that I was I was on deck for it even a second time around. I don't know if I'll go back and like rewatch it again anytime super soon, but if it was on no. again at I'd somebody's house, I'd be like, yeah. yeah, I would be like, oh man, you got, wait till you see this part. This kid gets uh-huh. flattened by this pane of glass after he chases off pigeons, whatever. Like I would be excited yeah. <laughs> to see those kills again, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so for me, I'm gonna say 
gosh, this might be totally irrational to to a lot of people. I think I'm gonna say like seven. Mm, seven. seven. Seven for me, man. Oh yeah. It's because I had fun. Yeah. I get it, man. I don't that, gotta, that I don't is definitely gonna be an irrational nothing. one though. <laughs> like if you looked at that in conjunction with all of your other scores, people would <laughs> yeah. be like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, it was fun talking about this on the show today. And on the show next week, we're doing something with, I think, probably a little bit more substance to it. Because I've probably. heard from a lot of people that this international flick mm-hmm. is a blast and a near-perfect zombie movie is what a couple people on our Facebook group have said. So I've I'm very yeah. thrilled to be watching Train to Busan. Yeah, yeah, we're going to South Korea. Yeah, that's right, man. That's going to be a blast. I look forward to checking that out. I, I don't think I've talked to anybody that hasn't yeah. really enjoyed yeah, this just, flick. So many people have recommended it on the Facebook group and and other, and I've just heard so much about it. Like, And I know they're making a new one or something, like a, a spinoff oh. or whatever. So Caboose to Busan. I don't know when that's coming out, you know. I don't know when any movie's coming out anymore, but it's definitely not <laughs> That's coming true out too. soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is coming out soon. <laughs> Including me out of my own house because Whoa. I'll tell you what, man, just PS. Yeah. Ever since you know the state of Tennessee started quote reopening. Right. There have been so many fucking people out on the streets and stuff. Yep. Yeah. People I, where you're like, I know y'all don't live together. I know y'all are sharing new ecosystems of germs with each other and shit. Yeah. Just hanging out for the fuck of it. Like, listen, man, people got to pay their bills. The government is not taking care of you. They cut off your allowance. You have to go back to work and pay your bills. I understand entirely. But also, too, if you can just eliminate unnecessary shit where you might be out spreading this fucking deadly virus to old people and people with compromised immune systems, just fucking don't. If you can stay home, do it. It's your responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I said, man, you got to pay your bills because the government doesn't give a fuck about you. Yeah. But if you can stay home, please fucking stay home. Yeah, please. <laughs> and tune in to the show next week. We'll be talking Hell, about Train yeah. to Busan. In the meantime, be sure to rate and review on iTunes. It just takes you a second, but it really helps us out a ton in growing as a show and showing up in those uh, search engines and shit like that. So please be sure to go and rate and review on iTunes if you haven't. You got some free time right now, don't you? You got a minute. If, you have, take, if you've had two hours to listen to the show, you got you got a minute on your hands, all right? So go on iTunes, rate and review, and at the end of your review, leave a question that we will answer on a future FAQ installment of the Preview Palace. Hell yeah. Ben, I know where they can find us on social media. Where? Where am I? Where are on, we? On the Twitters, on the Instagrams, we're at Dead Lovely Pod. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash dead and lovely. And we're on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Uh, we got a few tiers over there. If you become a $5 make it a pizza patron, you uh, get to submit a movie title each month. And we randomly select one of those movies and cover it. So head on over there and start helping us decide what movies to cover. That's right, man. We've also been brainstorming a little bit of uh-huh. Patreon-only content that we're yes, excited yeah. to roll out. We've not gotten to to doing it yet. We've not finalized everything, but it seems like it's going to be a really fun thing to do yes, for you guys. So we're going to do some Patreon-exclusive stuff just for you guys. So if you're a patron at any level, you'll get to enjoy the, oh, yeah. uh, the fun stuff that we got coming up. So be sure to check out that Patreon page today. Yeah. Well, you guys have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. Hope everybody's staying safe and healthy out there. 
Clean your hands. Wash your ass. Wash your ass. <laughs> All that other good stuff. And tune in next week. I've been Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. We'll catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Okay, so in our efforts to better train our dog to be less reactive whenever we're walking her out on the streets and stuff, and she's starting to get yeah. anxious and bark at other dogs and stuff like that, right? we've, we've come up with something new. Let's hear it. The problem is, you know, is because she's got her, her leg injury and stuff right now, she can't go on like really long walks, so she's got all this pent-up energy and stuff, so she's mm-hmm. just kind of been a little bit more reactive towards other dogs, right? But, yeah. but what you got to remember about Zora is that she's the world's most neurotic dog that is filled with a list of <laughs> irrational fears a mile long. True. So we decided yep. to put those things into use effectively as a training method. Okay. One of the things that Zora is irrationally terrified of is bubble wrap. All right. <laughs> terrified. Like the minute that we unbox something from Amazon and a bubble pops while Off you're getting something goes. out. She's out. Yeah. She <laughs> runs like a gun just went off or something. So I got a shipment of some stuff in the other day and I was like, oh man, we should use this to kind of lease train her stuff a little bit better. Right. Right. So as we're, as we're walking down the street and stuff, anytime she starts to get a little hostile, it's just like, you just pop some bubble wrap and she immediately <laughs> snaps out of it, which I think is great. I mean, it's really helping her stay calm a lot. But the thing that I was thinking about is, could you imagine being on the other side of this and you're the person who's just out trying to walk their dog <laughs> and you see this happening <laughs> and you come home and your partner is like oh you know how how was your old walk and you're like it was fine it was kind of weird there was these like uh there's this couple that was all dressed in black that was walking <laughs> a dog and they kept popping bubble wrap at it <laughs> but then the, the weirdest part is it seemed to work <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can imagine someone being a little confused by that, yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of serving two purposes here. We're training the dog and giving people a fun story to tell. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It it really does work, though. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, I bet. I I know she's got her, she's got that, like, thing on her neck. If you touch it, she freaks out, and she also, oh, I remember I shook my, my protein shake one oh, time. Oh, she, she can't be around shaking bottles. Yeah. She can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, the uh, she girl. hates seeing boxes get cut open. What? Yeah. Can't stand. She absolutely freaks out. Like, if Don't we get a box it. from Amazon or whatever, and it's like she sees the box cutting knife come out of the door, <laughs> she's the fuck out. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's like if the bubble wrap thing stops working, then we're going to have to then change to like carrying around a box and a box cutter and slashing at a box in front <laughs> of her. Now that's going to freak some people (laughs) the fuck out. (laughs) So I saw this couple walking. One had a box and the other was holding the leash. And then the dog acted up and the other said, all right, time to slit open this box, I guess. (laughs) He got real mad at the dog for barking and started violently slashing a box. Seemed to work. (laughs) Maybe it was a threat like, you're next, you know? You're next. Yeah, this could be you. (laughs) All right. Either way, it's working. It's working, yeah.